Welcome to the Click for More Customers podcast. Your host is Ted Prodromo, best-selling author of The Ultimate Guide to LinkedIn for Business and Ultimate Guide to Twitter for Business. Ted is recognized as America's leading LinkedIn coach, helping you grow your business while living the life of your dreams. Welcome, everybody. It's Teb Drummo, and this is Social Selling TV. And you can watch this and past episodes at socialsellingtelevision.com. And today's guest is Alex Lanchi, and we met, gosh, must be three or four years ago now, at a mastermind we were in together. And it's, you know, sometimes you just meet people at a conference or in a mastermind, and you just click. And other people, you know, you have relationships, but Alex and I just, something about it, we clicked and we've been on each other's email lists for the last few years. We interact on social media. We've just really become virtual friends from this experience. So welcome, Alex. Hey, Ted. Thanks for having me on. So tell us a little bit about your background. You, you can say it much better than I can. <laughs> <laughs> so background, if we're going all the way to the beginning, was started out in martial arts as a little kid. So I was five years old and my parents put me in uh, martial arts programs. And from there, never quit the training, just stayed with it. Everybody else, you know, goes off to different sports and things. I just kept plugging away at it for a long time. Did a lot of stuff there. And when I got to be around a teenager, we started to shift into reality-based training, more like with military folks, police, like really trying to figure out how do you actually protect people in real life and not just do the tournament stuff which I did when I was younger. So from there, you know, that's pretty much where it was at. And then by in 2014, I started my own company, training my own clients in personal protection, self-defense and things of that nature. Um, anyone from a uh, young adolescent, maybe like 12, 13 year olds, I have a couple of clients around that age, but the majority of them are adults who are just interested in real life. How do I actually stay safe? Yeah, it's so kind of sad that we all have background. to think about that these days. <laughs> you know, I'm so telling much. you, I'm telling you, I wish that it was not necessary, but it's becoming more and more necessary. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't even think about it. No. Nope. Also on post today is like, are you considering buying a bulletproof vest? I'm like, oh <laughs> yes. To walk around in daily life. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. No. I don't. Well, see the thing, not to go on a tangent, but they're starting to get way better at that technology though. Yeah. They have some now that look like a polo shirt. Yeah. You know, they don't look like the huge, you know, police Kevlar because nobody wants to wear something like that in daily life. We don't need to go there. Yeah. Yes. I don't think we're there yet. Hopefully no. we don't ever get there. That's, that's partly why I'm doing what I'm doing. No, really. Our chances are really minute that something <laughs> will happen to us. But <laughs> right. Yeah. So we've been talking, boy, I've been on your email list for a few years, like I said, mm -hmm. and a, a while back, and I always am telling people, you know, you got to share your vulnerabilities. You got to tell your stories yes. and be authentic with your audience. Yes. And if you don't do that, you're going to get okay engagement. But once you start showing that you're not perfect, you, amazing results happen. So tell us about these emails you sent. Gosh, was it about a month ago or so? It was at the end of June, I believe. Oh, okay. It was already that long ago. Uh, if you can believe it, but no, you're, you're totally right. Cause I've, I started sending stuff out, right. I was like, Oh, I'm going to make my own email, you know, send out my blogs. I've been blogging for a while and you get decent feedback sometimes, but 
the thing that I'm going to talk about next is when I really got a lot of people reaching out and it was because I actually went through, uh, to go back to my background, one of the guys we got connected with when we started to do the military type stuff and the reality based training was, turns out the guy was a, a poser. He was a fraud and he had deceived a lot of us, uh, myself included. And so I first knew him like 12 years ago and had been working with him and training with him. And the weird thing is a lot of the training we did was actually good training, but he lied about his background. Like everything about his background was made up. He didn't tell people where their money was going. So he'd said it went one way, but it was actually going, you know, different places. And, and he's not honest about it when people confront him on it. So it was something I had to break ties with. And in so doing, I sent out those emails about that experience and I, really started to do research into cults and things of that nature because he really was a cult of personality. I got a re- I got really weird pushback from people that were in it, like as if I was criticizing God, you know? Yeah. Because when this guy had built up this mythos that people just could not see through and let go for whatever reason and how, why I eventually saw it, I don't know why other people don't, and, but I was in it for 12 years and wow. he was a fraud the whole time. Basically, uh, someone said it. You ever see the movie Catch Me If You Can? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's basically who he is. He's that kind of a guy. So that's why some of our training was still really good because he'd go to different places, steal it from other people, pass it off like it was his own original thought and like he had access to it specially and nobody else knew it. But he's just a good data miner and would pull stuff from everybody else and then lie and say it was his when it wasn't his. So... But yeah, when I sent those emails out about that experience, you contacted me. Other people from the other mastermind that we were connected with reached out and were like, hey, do I know this person? I was like, no, you guys don't know who it is. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a speaker. It's not one of the big like info marketer people. So don't worry about it. It's nobody you're ever going to know. But and, then the, every, and I never named who the person was in the blogs on purpose. I didn't want to get into uh, – it's not, well, it wouldn't have been defamation because all the stuff I was saying was true, <laughs> but I didn't even want to put it out there because everybody who was in it, they knew who I was talking about. You were taking the high road and yeah. Yeah. Just, and all the people that needed to know who were still involved, they all knew exactly who I was referring to because I got emails from some saying like, you know, you, you shouldn't say things like that about this person. And I was like, how do you know who I'm talking about? Right. I didn't say who it was. Oh, you know, because that's exactly what that person does. So thank you for proving that that's what he does. And they didn't like that too much. So was it like your intuition just told you something's not right here? Yes. Eventually. And this was, again, I told this in one of the blogs that I sent out was for about, about three years ago is when I first started to feel like there's something off. I don't know what it is. Something's wrong. He's, I just had a vague intuition that he's he's concealing something from you mm-hmm. I didn't even know what it was but i ignored it for three years it would come up and i would push it aside and go ah no but you know i'd rationalize it away it can't be can't be that because i had too much to lose yeah and i and i did honestly you know, i'm not trying to like toot my own horn but i did lose a lot because a lot of the people that are still in that group they did not leave when i left they are still supporting this person they're not really connected with me anymore and some of these are people I've known for 20 years. Wow. I'm not even 30. So some of these people I've known like basically my whole life and they really not, really not that close anymore. Really can't do much anymore because they are still in it and they won't, they won't admit what the truth is. 
So yeah. it was at great personal cost. And that's why I think for three years, I was just like, no, 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 no I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to look into that. That's not true. But eventually so how does it feel now to just let this, let this out, even though you're not naming the person? It's, I have been doing it a lot since June. It's been very cathartic, honestly. And I only talk about who it is with the people who need to know. And, but that's very few people at this point. Most people don't really care. <laughs> they right. still want to get, I had one person who was in it. He said, uh, I'd prefer not to hear about this. So I'd rather just stay ignorant. So, well, said, I appreciate your honesty. So I stopped talking to him because he didn't yeah. want to know. He didn't want to know about it. Right. But yeah, See, for the me, social side, the engagement that I got from actually talking about that was way better than anything I've ever put out. The data on all those four blogs, there was a four-part blog series about, you know, it being a cult and then why I left and signs that of what cults are and stuff. All of those by far still have the best data, the best numbers on anything I've ever put out. Yeah, because, you know, we all publish a lot of content. We keep, we teach yeah. people. You got to get it out there. Yep, every week, putting out new stuff. And for the most part, it's like a monologue. We're really just putting it out there and we don't get much interaction, even though we, we'd love to have comments and likes and shares. That's Honestly, true. You know, 90% of it just, they maybe read it, but they don't, it doesn't grab their attention and make them want to reach you or pick up the phone and no. call you. No, I mean, until you get, and I'm, I, you know, you and I, I think we can speak honestly. We're not at the, like, Tony Robbins level. <laughs> Newsflash. <laughs> like, right. So, like, when, <laughs> oh, I'm not. In case, case you didn't know. But, like, so until you get to certain points like that, you really don't get a lot of interaction all the time. Um, and, and it's fascinating for me to study because there's certain people, they just get, they get all kinds of feedback constantly. And, like, you know, what is it about what they're doing? that really is making people engage like that. Right. And it's, I think it's kind of different for each influencer, depending on who it is. Um, you know, I'm really trying to dive back into Simon Sinek, start with why and like really getting clear on why it is I'm doing what I'm doing to try to hit people that really believe what I believe, because it's mm -hmm. hard to talk to everybody at once. What it did for me after reading those, like I always held you in a high level of integrity and esteem, self-esteem and, you know, you were up there, but now you. you are at a whole nother level in my <laughs> eyes because you shared this incredible thing. It's like, wow, that took a lot to do that. I, I have been told that from multiple people. And it's interesting because this guy that we that I separated from, he's been doing this for so long. He's probably been having these little cult like followings for over 40 years. And so there's been a lot of people that went through what I went through and then left and, you know, got out, but no one ever publicly exposed it that way. Yeah. Not one person. And I actually was, I kind of felt bad that like I was cheated, but I don't know if it really would have mattered necessarily if someone would have written a blog. Like, I don't know if I probably would have read it and dismissed it. I had to probably be ready myself in my own time, mm -hmm. but it still was kind of like, man, like a lot of you other people, like you went through this and you talk to some of the people, but you talk privately, none of you like actually publicly sounded the alarm on this. You right. Know? And that was frustrating because I'm like, this guy's really not a good person. And not just the fraud stuff. The fraud for me is like, fine, you lied about where my money's going. I kind of figured you were probably taking more of it than you were letting on. Right. But some of the other things were like, he was, he would try to hit on married women in the group. 
see if they would cheat on their spouses. Like there's all kinds of things that you're like, well, that's none of my business. But I'm like, no, that, you know, I hold myself to a higher standard than that. I think everybody should. Yeah. I gotta, I'm not going to sit around and be like, well, they're both adults. So I guess that's okay. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not okay. He's a leader and an influencer. He should not be trying to see if female students will cheat on their husbands and stuff. That is so wrong. Yeah. Now, there's people <laughs> who have been around forever. Wrong. But now with the internet, it's more, it's magnified and yes. sad because we make our living on the internet, basically getting yeah, exactly. into the internet. So there's like this perception that everybody on the internet's a ripoff artist. Well, it's, they're probably almost not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I wish that wasn't the case, but yeah. Uh, so it is hard to be in our space because you're right They're they're And I, the marketing too, for me is like, I'm really struggling with, like, how do you actually market? I think the more you focus on marketing, the worse it gets, honestly. Yes. Like, you just need to be yourself and be vulnerable like we're talking about because, and then whoever that resonates with, stick with those people. Right. And if it doesn't resonate with someone else, then, you know, more power to them. But because trying to, for me, trying to, like, craft the perfect email to, like, get this emotion and to make people do that, it's so tiring. It's so cumbersome. It's fake it, too. It, 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 it is to fake. Them. You feel fake. I feel fake doing it. And I think at this point, the the customers, the consumer is so saturated with that now. Like just scroll through Facebook and look at all the sponsored ads and stuff. They all sound the same. Yeah. And everybody knows they're not, <laughs> they're not like authentically because they care about you. They're, it's, a, it's a Facebook ad. Yeah. So what I don't know. Like, to me, is like when they everybody talks about this Facebook hack or this LinkedIn hack. Yeah, yes. Like all you're the time. the system, you're going to get caught. So you can make a little money for a while, but you're doing. I keep seeing these these people on there. Like you said, it's like I know yeah. that's not working. That's a trick. Yep. You kind of get suspended. Your account yep. gone. LinkedIn account's going to go away. Or Facebook. Yep. Or or you know the people that are like, I got rich doing this, yeah. and now. I'm going to teach you how to do it for a lot of money. And I'm like, wait a second, time out. If you got rich doing that, why aren't you still doing that to make a lot of money? And that's the trick. You wouldn't it doesn't have work any time. anymore. So let me teach yeah, this right. technique that's to right. somebody. Make more you wouldn't money. have any time to be teaching me if you really had X strategy that was making you millions on, you know, what on earth, you'd be running those things all day long. You wouldn't be set it up teaching classes. Right. I, I made millions flipping houses. Let me teach you how. Like, well, why Let me don't teach you, you how to do it. Um, there's still a lot of real estate you can flip. Like, why, why aren't you flipping the real estate? So I don't know. But it's the experience you gain, I guess, from being in the industry. Uh, there are still some good people out there, but you got you to gotta find them. Yeah. You know, we're not going to resonate with 100% of the people. There's going to no. be people that love us. There's going to be people that hate us. There's going to yep. be people that don't even care about us. So find those people that love you by being sharing your vulnerabilities and being honest. That's yep, the same I, I, I agree. I cannot take money from people if I can't help them. No, exactly. Exactly. I've had I, so many I, coaches I, tell me, Ted, you're leaving so much money on the table. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm sure you are, but, <laughs> yeah. but you actually have a moral compass. Yeah. So I sleep you know, at night very well. Yeah, exactly. You know I'm helping exactly. I said, I'm not, I'm not willing. I kind of likened it to like celebrities, like, willing to sell their soul to get into a film or something. And I'm like, I'm not willing to sell out like that. Yeah. I'm just not. So if that means that I'm going to leave money on the table, then I'm going to leave money on the table because I, I hated myself when I was first getting into the speaker 
universe, the marketer universe. And, you know, being a lot younger when I first got into it, I was like in my early 20s. So I had no idea what I was doing. And you just listen to what all the experts are saying. Oh, okay, I guess I got to be like that. And I hated how I felt when I was trying to be like those people. Yeah. Hated it. Because I was like, this isn't me. I don't care about any of that stuff. Like me personally, I'm not a big glitz and glam kind of guy. Yeah. I don't need it. Like I, I just, I'd rather get into the actual truth and the content and stuff. And so I don't tend to put a lot of glitz and glam into what, how I market things. And if that's leaving a lot of money on the table, they, I don't know me now, they may not be the people I really want to do business with anyway. Right. I'd rather work with 10 people that resonate with me than try to get a thousand people to give me money that I know I can't help. Um, well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or that you're going to have to pretend like you're a whole different person around because they like the persona you've created. Right. They don't really care about how you actually are. They need you to act. They need you to be a character. And I don't, I don't want to be a character. I mean, I like watching good movies. I like acting, but I don't, I don't want to actually be, a walking character every time I go to a speech or, you know, get on a, get on a podcast or something. I don't want to have to, all right, now we're going into Alex's character that gets put out to the, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> Thank you for saying that because <laughs> forever they've been saying that. I've been doing this 15 years now and they're saying, you got to become someone and have this whole persona and this whole thing is like, why can't I just be myself? Yeah. And you can, as long as you're okay with what the results of that are going to bring. Yeah. Right. I think that's why people, end up taking on a character because they think they have to do that to get the kind of business and audience that they want. But like, if, if you know, if you're okay with uh, just attracting people that are like you and that believe what you believe, then it doesn't matter. You don't have to, you know, it's so easy. You don't have to do a lot of extra work for stuff because you just are who you are. And if people like that, then they gravitate to you. And if they don't, they go somewhere else. Because when you deceive people and take their money and don't help them, you're going to get bad reviews on the internet. They're going to oh, yeah. attack you. Yeah. It, it's such a short term yeah. strategy. <laughs> like, and I was, I was just on, um, you know, David Phelps. Yeah. I was just on his podcast and I asked him about that. Cause I don't know if you've ever seen anything they do at freedom founders, but they've got, I've been out there a couple of times. They have an amazing community of people, amazing community of people. And I was like, I asked him, like, how did you build that, David? Because, like, a lot of people, you know, all the other events you can go to and stuff, like, I've never been to any events where, like, it's actually got that feel where everybody actually cares about each other. You can kind of tell at these other events, everyone's really just there to try to take from everybody else. Yeah. There isn't really a community feel there. And I'm like, but that's not how David's is. So I'm like, how on earth did you do that? And he said, you have to stick to your values and your principles from the beginning. He said, you're going to be very tempted starting out to compromise on all that, to make money quick, you know, cause you got to make money cause you're in business. He's like, but you'll be, your long-term success will be so much better served if you just lay your foundational principles down and just stick to them. Just consistently stick with them. It's probably going to be slow growth. And you're probably going to struggle in the beginning, but in the long run, you will have a sustainable foundation and you won't be basing it on lies and cheats. And that's exactly what this guy did that I broke away from in the cult. All his stuff is built on lies. And so when people finally figure that out, it's over. There's no trust right. and they all leave. And so the reason that really tipped me off to get out of that was I started to see people that have been around for a long time suddenly were just gone. Yeah. And there's no mention of them. He doesn't say anything about them. None of the other members talk about them. And I was just one day, I'm like, two particular people. I'm like, where'd these two people go? I'm like, and they were like 
some of the most influential, like gung ho, like we're all about this people, like in the group. And then suddenly they're just gone. I'm like, they just paid a lot of money to like get this new rank. Like, where did they go all of a sudden? I reached out to them and they told me what happened. And I was like, wow. And nothing they said, like, was like, oh, that can't be real. Everything they said, I was like, makes sense. That just confirms all my suspicions and all my fears. Yeah. It's so much easier when you tell the truth because you don't have to remember the lies you told. Exactly. And the more digging I did, the more it confirmed everything they told me. And I was like, all right, well, that's the end of that. Can't be part of that. Yeah. And that's how I build my community. One, one brick at a time, basically. It's just building trust and relationships. It's a slow and steady approach. And, you know, I've been around 15 years doing this. And a lot of the people that started internet marketing, some are in jail now. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's how you know you're doing it wrong. <laughs> There's some, some people that lost everything a couple of times. Like, guys, just be honest. And so uh, I'm glad you, you're doing what you're doing. So. How can really people tell that. us about this new book that you got coming out? Yes, out yes. So it, 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 already, it already launched. It's on Amazon. Uh, it's called Anatomy of a Warrior. The seven virtues all protectors and warriors must live by to successfully protect and serve. So we interviewed 120 different industry leaders in the protector slash warrior space um, from the military, from police, and also from the private sector. And we distilled out of them what are the seven most important virtues that again like if we're going to clone or the way i said it to david too on his show was like if you had to hire you know like a bodyguard and a security team to protect you and your family like what kind of virtues would you absolutely want those people to have because your family is at stake right you know and that's that's what we were trying to get at with the book and so we came up with the seven most referenced virtues out of 120 interviews so there were some that some people said, but they weren't as referenced as much, but these seven were like the top ones that showed up the most often in, in the interview. So it was a kind of a research gathering process, you know, some data mining, but I got it from the actual people that be, have been there, done that and do it. So anything from Navy SEALs, Green Berets, all different special forces people, and then, you know, all different various types of police officers, like homicide detectives, narcotics, you know, chiefs of police, and even some people that are, just real world survivors of violence had a couple uh, rape survivors, home invasion survivors, um, you know, and then people that then went on to be supportive of people's right to protect themselves. So a lot of good people that we talked to in that project. So a lot of real, real world heroes, really. These people real world, put their life yep. on the line every day for us. to. Yep. Yep. One guy that was pulling people out of uh, burning a uh, plane that crashed on the tarmac. He was a ranger and caught on fire and was pulling people out of the flames even while he was burning. Wow. Um, those are some of the more extreme acts of heroism. But then others that were, you know, run-of-the-mill people, they just do their job. They don't really get much attention or gratitude very often, and, but they do an important thing, whether, again, that's public or private sector. Right. Well, like that guy last week, he, like, saved people. In yeah, the New York was, City one, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. I'm just doing my job. Like, just doing his job. Uh, the most recent one uh, in Texas, uh, apparently he was neutralized by uh, one of the community members who happened to be an NRA yeah. instructor. Yeah. You know, and so he, he's not a, that's why the book talks about how anybody can be a warrior because being a warrior is a choice. It's not a title. It's not a, uh, you know, like some kind of rank or like honor that someone can bestow upon you. It's just the way you choose to live. 
Yeah. So a soldier gets paid to go fight in wars and, you know, you're usually employed by some kind of government, but a warrior is not necessarily a soldier. That can be anybody. The mother who, you know, is protecting her children is a warrior. Right. She's not a soldier. She's not a professional, <laughs> but she's a warrior. She'll do so, anything to protect her children. Right. Right. Yep. So that's, that's really the essence we were trying to get to in the book. And, um, my whole point too, is I really think that virtue is like the missing link right now. I think it's the thing that is not being talked about anymore. It's kind of on the tip of everybody's tongue, but no one's really saying it. And the real bottom line is we explore in the book, how do you use virtue to protect yourself from violence? Mm -hmm. How can virtue actually prevent, protect against and help you prepare for violence? And so it's very ideal, especially for anybody who's in that space. If you're going to, if you actually are a professional, in that industry that is really going to help you because that is your job. Your job is to prevent and deal with violence. Right. And then anybody who is not in the professional role, but if they're interested in, you know, what can I actually do? Cause a lot of people get, um, they feel overwhelmed. Like, well, I'm not, I can't like shoot very well. I've never really owned a gun or you don't even have to own a gun necessarily to be a warrior anyway. That's, that's number one. But right. virtue is immediately accessible to everyone. Yeah. You don't need a whole lot of training to do it. You don't need to go get a bunch of new gear and spend a whole ton of money on courses. Although I do think people should go get some good training, but first and foremost, if you want what's immediately accessible to anyone, to the 85 year old who's in a wheelchair, it's probably not going to be Rambo anymore, but you can still positively affect people through virtue and virtue neutralizes violence. Yeah. So that's, that's really awesome. that's the whole point of the book. So did you intend to write this book and interview those people or did you just interview a bunch of people and said, I should write a book? Yeah, the, the story on that is I was out of college and I didn't really know what I was doing because <laughs> I got to the end of college and I was going to do physical therapy, but got to the last year of undergrad and was like, oh, physical therapy is $100,000 in student loans to go to a PT school. I don't really feel like doing that. Wow. So. Uh, was looking for other options, still just finished my degree and graduated, but uh, didn't want to go on to grad school for that kind of money. Yeah. And um, ended up meeting with a mentor down in Tennessee just to have like a brainstorming session. And we talked about what I was interested in. And obviously it was like, well, you've been in the protector slash martial arts space forever. So why don't you interview the top people in the industry and write a book about it? And I was like, okay, I, at that point, I didn't know what the topic was going to be at all. It was just, right. all right, that's a good idea, but I have no idea how I'm going to do and that. And then you're probably thinking, I've never written a book. How do <laughs> like, I write a book? <laughs> like, well, no, I had already written my first book at that point. Oh, okay. Yeah. Warrior attitude was already out, but like, but in comparison, like the amount of man hours it took to do this last one compared to the first one, it's, it's like a hundred to one. Like the first one, I, I got something done because I wanted to get a book done. It's still a good book, but it didn't involve all the research. I didn't interview anybody for it. So it had nowhere near the amount of time go into it that this new one did. Yeah. You know, but at the time I had no idea what I was doing. I'm like, all right, guy that I trust says write a book about stuff by talking to people. So let's start talking to people. Those are the best books because they're true <laughs> right. stories. Right. And so the first contact I got was one of the bigger guys in the industry, Dave Grossman. I went to one of his seminars and approached him at the event. So here's the ninja stuff for anybody, you know, who wants to, take some good stuff away. I went to his event. So I had to show up. I had to put my butt in the seat and, you know, pay to be at an event. 
and walked up to him at the end at the at a break and gave him a copy of my first book, the Warrior Attitude book, and just said, "Hey, you know, I've my third time at your events. I really appreciate everything you've done for the for the protector world. So I want to get I wanted to give you a copy of my book." He was like, "Oh, he was blown away by that." So I signed him my book, gave it to him, didn't say anything. On another break, then I went up to him and said, "I'm also writing another book." I'm interviewing people for it. Do you mind if I interview you for the book? And he said, sure. I mean, what's he going to say? I gave him a book. <laughs> right? Right. So he had to say yes. <laughs> so, and because he already was very influential in the space, he was able to refer me to seven or eight other people. Wow. And that's what really got the project going then because um, I, from that point on, I was able to tell people like I've already interviewed Dave Grossman and that gave a lot more credibility to the project. And so, some people for sure only did it because they knew he was connected to the project. Like, oh, well, if you interviewed Dave, then it must be legit because he does, he does serious stuff. That's awesome advice right there. That's golden right there. Right. It is it's truly golden. And uh, I, would, I imagined what would have happened if I had started something like this when I was like 18. Yeah. Because if you are a teenager – and you do this exact process of interviewing people for books, they will refer you to anyone. Yeah. Because you're a teenager. <laughs> they, everybody wants to help teenagers. It's even right. better if you're in high school. They will refer you to anybody because, oh, you're a high school student writing a book. They'll pass you along to so many people. So the younger you do it, the better. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I mean, they will yeah. give you to so many places. And I'm still shocked at some of the people I was able to talk to. So an example is, Probably the one of the biggest guys in the whole industry is Gavin DeBecker. He has the largest private security firm in the world. He was on the New York Times bestsellers list for 17 weeks with one of his books, The Gift of Fear. Wow. Lives in, lives you know out of the country most of the year, and gets like 18 grand for a one-hour speech. So he's a big deal. Yeah. And he wrote the afterword for the book, and I've never met him in person once. But he still wrote the afterword because he respected the project that much and because he knew about the other people at that point that I had talked to and he knew it was serious. Yeah. But it's, a, I, you know, I'm like, never even met the guy and he did all that stuff for me. So if you use that process, it's incredible what you can get access to. Kind of the lesson I'm hearing from you is if you don't ask, the answer is no. <laughs> yes. No. Yeah. Because I was literally just sitting there the one day editing and writing and I was like, why don't I ask? Gavin to Becker to write the afterword. I'm like, the worst thing he can say is, no, I'm too busy. Right. And then who cares? You didn't have it before. You don't have it now. And I just reached out. And I'm like, oh, it's probably going to be too late because I was trying to get the book published. And he was like, no, he said, I, I can work in that time schedule. He, he worked on my schedule to get it done. You know? So I was like, yeah. man. But again, yeah, you definitely will not get any of that stuff if you don't ask for it. And Another you, huge takeaway. Yeah. Go ahead. You might, you might get rejected. But if you can, if you can die to that fear, then it, it, it doesn't matter. Just, okay. They said, no, go on to the next person or, you know, yeah. again, you didn't have it before and you don't have it now. So nothing changed. Right. Just keep going. It doesn't hurt your feelings if they no. don't respond. No. Or... Yeah. If, if you can divorce, like taking it personally, then you can ask for whatever you want. I think a lot of people maybe don't cause then they like kind of like get hurt on their personal feelings. Like, oh, like they said, no, it's like, it's not about you. One of those people, they are so busy. They don't have the time. And again, you maybe you just didn't build up the relationship enough when you asked. And all it means is no for right now. It doesn't mean, okay, maybe you write another book two, two years later, ask them again. 
Right. I mean, it's just, you know, it's only over if you think it's over in that sense, because, you know, as long as you're not dead and they're not dead. Yeah. It's just over for right now. It's not over indefinitely. So it's same thing I did when I wrote my second LinkedIn book. Mm -hmm. I said, actually, James told us, told me to do this. Hey, just mail a copy of your first book to Brian Tracy and write a note because I've been a Brian Tracy fan Mm -hmm. for over 20 years. I said, hey, I love your stuff. I own all your programs. I would be honored if you could write a testimonial for my new book. And within 48 hours, I had a testimonial back from him that I included on the cover. That's crazy. And, and Brian Tracy is an overachiever. He'll, yeah. like, he'll actually get that stuff done. If, like, if it gets in front of him, he'll actually do that stuff. But It was so easy. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? No, it, it really is. But, but it's related to what we were talking about earlier with just being honest and authentic about it. Like, I'm working on this project. For anybody you know. Yep. You know, they can write a testimonial, you know, help promote the book. Like, that's all I'm doing now is I'm individually reaching out to all the people I've interviewed and just trying to drill in, like, who do you know that can promote it? Do you have yeah. a bigger, do you have a platform? Do you know anybody who does? You know, because a lot of them, they've been on media or they own their own, you know, businesses and stuff. So I'm like, how do we work together to promote this? Another and big takeaway slowly is- coming in and whatever works, works and whatever doesn't, doesn't. As a slow and steady approach is my whole motto in life too. It's another big takeaway though yeah. is once you write a book and you can mail it to people or hand you that hard copy or the paperback, it opens up so many doors because it's a big deal to write a book. It is. Even it self-publishing is. is still a big deal. Number one, people don't automatically assume you self-published. A lot of people's, of people people's minds automatically that. go to a book is just a book. They don't know all the ins and outs of publisher versus self-publisher. They don't know all that stuff. Right. So if you have a hard copy to give them, that's a big deal. And I, I, I know that that had a huge deal in this new book because if I wasn't able to give Grossman my first book, what was I going to do? Just walk up to him and be like, can I interview you? I mean, he gets those requests all the time. Right. You know, they're all those kind of people are so busy. Like, Oh, I'd love to have you on my show and stuff. It's like, but they don't, know who you are you haven't done anything like they're not as likely oh yeah i got plenty of time they don't have time right so they need to see something tangible and so the other thing i guess would be a good takeaway for the listeners your listeners is um i did not care about getting the warrior attitude book perfect yeah which was hard for me because uh, if you know julie carrier oh yeah yeah so she'll i always remember her line when she would talk about uh i'm a recovering perfectionist that's always kind of stuck with me because I'm like, I relate to that. <laughs> so yep. I'm like, I had to get over that because I, you can spend forever tweaking it. Yep. And Warrior Attitude's whole point was just, I just have to have one done. So I can order my own copies to give to people. I don't even care if anybody buys it. It's not about, that first one was not about that. It's right. about having something done that I can give to people. And has it sold some copies? Yeah. But I've already sold more copies of the Anatomy of a Warrior book than I've sold in three years of the warrior attitude book right? because I wasn't pushing that one. That wasn't the purpose of that one is to have no. something done so you can give it to people. Now it's still good. If they don't, don't put crap in your products. Like it's still got to have good content and value, but it was much easier to write. It was just, it's 120 pages. It's just a couple of quick things in each chapter about what I've learned in the martial arts and self-defense world. Yeah. And it was easy to do. And what it really was ninja secret again for the listeners Warrior Attitude 
I wrote the whole thing in five days. Wow. Written and published and online and Amazon in five days. How's that possible, Alex? Because I'd already been blogging for over a year. I copy and pasted 21 blog posts and made them the book chapters and it was done. I had to tweak, you you know, tweak the wording a little bit so it made sense for a book, but pretty much the whole thing was done. So don't re- don't reinvent the wheel. If you're a content creator and you've been putting stuff out, you have material for a book. Just yeah. publish something. <laughs> Just get it done. It doesn't have to be your magnum opus. Do the first one and then start working on the magnum opus. Yeah. Because this Anatomy of a Warrior one, this is my my big one. This is going to be the platform that everything else is going to be based on for a very long time. But I wouldn't have gotten here if I didn't just do the first one. Yeah. One of my coaches told me that years ago. It's just journal every day. And then a year later, you've got multiple books. Oh yeah. You've got tons of books. And like, and uh, and if you interview anybody, record everything. Yeah. Even if, even if it's just, even if you got to put the phone on speaker and like hold up a little voice recorder to it, I don't care what you got to do but record it because I have, I have all my interviews recorded over the phone. Yeah. And, and that's literally all I did. I, I could have used like probably free conference call if I'd have been thinking about it at the time, but I literally just pulled out Sony voice recorder, put people on speaker, hit record. Yeah. And audio is still good enough for me to hear it. It's not great quality for like a podcast, but I can hear everything still. And so I got all that material forever. And, I, and we ended up talking about all kinds of things that weren't related to the book. How do you survive deadly force encounters? Then they're telling me crazy stories about when they were, you know, in the service and stuff. And it's like, all stuff's not going in the book, but I've got all that information saved forever. So if I want to pull something else out, write another book, I already did all the interviews. I already have a bunch of the information done. That's the easiest way to create content like we're doing here. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's very, and plus Zoom, Zoom's so easy to use now. Yeah. I love Zoom. Can't beat it. Yep. So Alex, this is so many great tips here. I can't even begin to summarize. <laughs> so how can people get in touch with you and get on your email list and get your book? Yes, they can get the book by going to www.alexlanchy.com. So that'll I'll just have, have you ask for a name and an email, and then that'll take you to the Amazon link. Um, and then, so the main site is Alex Lanchy, and that's A-L-E-X-L-A-N-S-H-E.com. That's the main main website where I run everything out of and I'm on Facebook as anatomy of a warrior. You can like that page on Facebook. Also the YouTube channel. I think we have uh, five subscribers because <laughs> I just, I just started the channel. So, but more and more are going to be coming in as people get the book. So the YouTube channel is the anatomy of a warrior show. I'm doing some of my own interviews as well. I interviewed a, um, one of the guys for the book who was a 20 year counterterrorism expert, his interview is live on the channel and also uh, I'm doing a millennial series interviewing some of the millennials I know and talking about how some of their success can be related to the warrior virtues and so the first millennial I interviewed was Annie Keffer who just wrote her own book as well and she's hosted live events for women's empowerment and things like that so I talked to her she's been a good friend for a long time she's awesome yeah yeah she is she's great so those two are already posted and also the new one is Patreon. If anybody knows what Patreon is. Yep. Um, I started my own Patreon. I got my first patron. A totally random person who just read the book. I don't even know who they are. I'm like, that is cool to see. So uh, I have one patron now officially. And if you don't know what Patreon is, it's basically like back in the day, 
someone like Da Vinci would have had a patron, you know, pay him for his, to create his art, so to speak. That's basically what Patreon is now just for modern day artists. So for me, it's going to support the interviewing of more people on the Anatomy of a Warrior show, the creation of more books, you know, getting on other podcasts, doing, you know, live events and things of that nature. So um, what I'm going to start doing is all the blogs I've been doing are going to start being released every other week, the free ones. So if you want to see everything, you got to become a patron. So the free ones will be out every other week. And then if you really want to have access to all the different interviews I do, all the different content we're going to be on, then we're going to start shifting some of that to Patreon only for those members because they should be rewarded for their support. I have a friend that had a YouTube channel like that and he's, mm-hmm. oh man, he's had a huge following very quickly. Yep. So look up, I think it's, um, it's uh, Patreon www.patreon.com and then forward slash AOW, which is short for anatomy of a warrior. So I'll check it out. Definitely. It I'll put it in the show notes too. Oh yes. Thank you. Yeah. I'll send you, I don't think I sent you all those links. So I'll, I'll send you all those other links. Cool. I, I wow. sent you the Alex Lanchy website, I think. Yeah. I'll get them all in the show notes for you. Hey, thank thanks you. for your time. This has been awesome. Yeah. Thanks dad. This was great. I really, I hope it was valuable and I hope the listeners, you know, got some good stuff and they can go apply it and write their books and go forth and conquer. I'm going to order your book right now. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Have a great day. Thanks everybody. Take care.